welcome back. Welcome back to our show. Ideally, though. Ideally, though. This is officially our episode one. Yay. <laughs> if you haven't listened to episode zero, our introductory episode, take a, you know, listen to that. Go back and listen to it. I am your host, Erica. I'm Greg. That's my hubby, my bestie, my butter biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> so how are you feeling today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy. Uh, excited because uh, this is uh, the subject we're going to talk about is some of my favorite stuff um, in media, I would say. Um, what about you? I'm excited that the weather's gotten better. It's uh-huh. not hot as shit uh-huh. outside. And it's officially October, so... It's one of my favorite months, so I'm ready to dive into what we're going to talk about today. So, you want to tell everyone what we're going to be discussing? We're going to be talking about some of our favorite horror movies, uh, hopefully listening out maybe a top five, uh, not in any particular order, but, uh, you know, giving some of our favorite flavors to the horror movie genre since the beginning of spooky season. Spooky. Do you want to go first, or should I? Um, I'll let you write it off. I got a. I'm more of a, a disturbing psychological or weird disturbing type of stuff. So let's start off with something like yours, which is okay. Definitely not in my wheelhouse. Yeah, I think we're totally like two different kind of when we think about our list. I'm more like cult classics or like just regular horror movies you may have seen, and you're like diving deep into psychological horror. <laughs> so. I mean, okay, I'll start off. Um, my top five horror movies that I like to watch, especially during this month. I'm going to start with one, no particular order, one of my favorites. It is Halloween, John Carpenter's 1978 Halloween. Nice, good choice, good choice. You are a absolute fiend for this movie. I love the Halloweens. Yeah. You, oh, you, my this goodness. This series is one of your absolute favorites. I can definitely attest to that. They have 13 movies. 11 of them, if you don't count the Rob Zombie ones. Okay. I like Rob Zombies. I went to the movies by myself to see the first Halloween he remade. I liked the killing. It was nice. Like, I love Rob Zombie, but I didn't really... It didn't compare to me to John Carpenter. like the story or something like that? A little bit of the story, yeah, and I wanted people to look a little bit more similar, and I don't know, I kind of wanted a little bit better acting. Uh, Just a little bit. Interesting. Um, if you are hiding under a rock and you've never seen Halloween, I, I figure everybody has seen it, but there are people who have not seen Halloween. I mean, yeah. I I can just kind of give you a little summary of Halloween. Michael Myers, that just puts you out there right there. Michael Myers. Some people don't even call it Halloween. They're like, Michael Myers. That's the show. He's so iconic. He is iconic. I love Michael Myers because he doesn't talk. He's this entity that really can't be killed. You just hear his breathing. Yeah. For some weird reason, every time you see him, he finds old shade tree mechanics and steals their clothes. I don't know. Shade every tree time. <laughs> every time he comes back to life, this fool goes to a mechanic shop and finds their clothes. It's the same outfit. To be I'm honest. like, how the hell does this you you luck? It's like a the mechanic or a janitor that usually gets murdered. Right. And I'm like, okay, how did that happen again? Damn. So, you know, it follows Michael Myers first when he was a little boy. He uh-huh. kills his sister and then he gets sent to a St. Asylum. That's where he's getting treated by Dr. Loomis, who is played by Donald Pleasant. And he escapes 15 years later on Halloween to the day. And he wants to stop that bloodline with his sister. He wants to kill his sister. That's the last living relative that he knows of. And he wants to kill her. So... Uh-huh. He's just, just vengeful bloodline. Just I think so, because you never hear him talking about killing his parents, I mean, right? Talk in general, so that right. Sense, Sorry, yeah. not talking. About <laughs> <laughs> Thought process wise, we yeah. never have seen him like I'm kill that auntie I know that lives in Virginia City. Yeah. Like he only wants to kill, I guess, the closest family member. That's scary, Ooh. right? And, you know, in the beginning, Laurie Strode, play, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, doesn't even know this. Because she's, you know what ends up happening? She's adopted. That's what it was. She ends up uh, being adopted. Uh, so he spends a whole Halloween trying to kill her. and kills her friends in the process. Kills the shade tree mechanics. And uh, <laughs> gets the William Shatner mask. Uh, and yeah, he's on a killing spree. Right. Yeah. And this movie, I love, it coins that phrase, the final girl. 
Oh, that's where it came from. Yeah, Lori Strode is always that. She's that girl. She's the final girl. The world history. That's yeah. Cool. Nice. So, you know, and then, you know, you have, again, like I said, there's 13 movies, 11 if you don't count, count those two remakes. Um, so, you you know, he even spends time on Halloween 4 and 5 trying to kill his niece. So, so you say, when you say 11 and not counting the Rob Zombie ones, are we saying that this is taking place in a different type of universe? You know, it seems like for a a minute it goes in the same timeline, like it's in the same universe. And then recently when Laurie Strode comes back into play with Halloween Halloween Kills, the timeline takes a a different like route. Oh, okay. Because you don't see, you know, she's supposed to have had a daughter and a son because Halloween H20. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Because even though it's Halloween H20, she had a son. Mm -hmm. Halloween 4, she had a daughter. So it was like... How do we kind of mesh these together? But then when you come with the recent ones like Halloween Kills, she has a daughter. It's not the same one from Halloween 4 or 5 that was getting chased by Michael Myers. So they kind of just go a different way. Uh, um, but yeah, it was supposed to be that babysitter, babysitter kind of killer movie. Yeah. Um, and the subtleness of Michael Myers is what I love. He doesn't talk. He's a... Creeping around the corner, they have the great music. The dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so that that is the iconic, you know, theme music. Yeah. Um, and they have the new one that's supposed to end everything. We hopefully get to, get to see Laurie oh, Strode. The final one is actually supposed to end off the entire collection of movies. Right. Yeah. I, that's what they say. I hope they do. I hate when things go on for too long. I hate the twenty four movies later. I hate that. Let's just be on with it. And let's yeah, enjoy it. I, I mean, I feel that way about the Resident Evil movies, but... It just keeps just, going. That's that deep gamer hurt for me. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Halloween Ends is supposed to come out in two weeks, October 14th. They're going to have it playing in theaters and also Peacock. If you have the Peacock app, you can watch it there. Ah, okay, maybe you can uh, give an audience your thoughts. Yeah, you once I watch it, right. I might say a little something about Halloween Ends. I really hope it's good... <sighs> I don't really want to say too much about the Halloween ends, the newer movies. They were not that good to me. It was just too much. But I love Halloween. It's a classic. If you haven't watched it because maybe you are under a rock or it's just something that just never piqued your interest, take time out this month and watch the first Halloween. It's good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, Halloween's a good choice. It's an absolute classic, so I don't know if anything on my list will Aww. fit in that manner. But right. um, for my first one, it is a bit of a deeper film, a little bit more existential. Uh, I'll ask you, um, how would you feel if you were able to be a bridge between the life, the living, and the uh, afterlife? I feel like a fucking legend. <laughs> so I, I can see into the future. I can feel what I can see what's going on. And it's pretty interesting if you if you think of it on the surface level. Um, and this movie, it shows what it would take in order to do that. And uh, it's uh, gratuitous amounts of torture. Oh no! Pain, prayer, and um, and mystery. I'll say that. Baby um, girl, don't keep me in suspense. What is it? is Pascal Lafier, I think his name is, and it's by, it's called uh, Martyrs, directed by Pas- Pascal Lafier. Um, Martyrs. This is a film he directed in 2008. It follows a little girl named Lucy, whom in the beginning of the movie we see is uh, honestly practically stripped naked, and she's in a TikTok and TikTok and some underwear, and she's bloody and dirty, and she's running out of this like warehouse, like industrialized area. Um... After that, she runs into a child named Annie, uh, meets up with this child, who then uh, helps uh, her parents help her, and they kind of save her, and they grow from there. It's a huge time jump, and you're really driven into confusion in the first few minutes of the movie. But uh, in the matter of her escaping, there is a woman she finds who is also very beaten, broken, screaming. She has no teeth. Yeah, almost zombified, if you will. Uh, and with Lucy being free, she had the choice to help her, but she left her there. Uh, after, after about a, about a 10 to 15 year time jump, um, we begin as older Lucy and Annie, and they are actually in a relationship. Uh, Lucy suffers from PTSD heavily from what she has been through. Um, 
But in addition to that, um, what she isn't telling her family, Lucy, her and her, uh, Annie's family, excuse me, and Annie's, uh, Annie herself, is that um, a creature tends to follow her. The creature being this woman. Oh, uh, okay. And she always has these types of episodes that lead to her being put into mental institutions and asylums and things. It's been happening over this 15-year jump. Uh, one year she escapes and goes to find the people who trapped her initially. And um, this movie has some of the some of the most realistic murder I think I've honestly seen on film. <laughs> and that's honestly saying something. Um, I mean, in the beginning, she runs through an entire house of family, like at dinner, with like a shotgun. And it is gruesome. It is, oh, it is gruesome. And these are generally the people who did actually kidnap her. Um, it is a long, treacherous, and arduous uh, run to get to this point. It's a slow burn of a movie. It's about an hour and 45 minutes long. And um, But when I say slow burn, it isn't a slow burn without tension. It is absolutely anxiety-riddling. Okay. Um, for a good hour until you eventually get to a climax and it's a spiral into hell that you can't forget. I'll, I'll say this. Um, Lucy ends up indisposed. Uh, Annie ends up captured by this same type of people. And she then experiences what Lucy was about to experience at such a young age, given that, that she was kidnapped at that point in time. Oh, um, don't tell me too much. I'm going to have to watch it. This uh, has scenes of, um, I'd say, the most dramatic, I, I guess you could get, is a, um, a skinning. Oh, man. And um, the end leaves you... It's going to leave you, I'd say, uh, pretty surprised. It left me completely satisfied. It left me, and it's an ending that will allow you um, your imagination. And, okay. Uh, I recommend anybody who is into occult-like things, uh, into, I mean, if you like Hostile Saw, there is the body horror aspect of that. Uh, but if you genuinely want some unique type of actual storytelling in a, in a foreign-esque kind of film, we do have an American version of it that just does not hold up. It was made, I want to say, in 2016. Okay. It just does not hold up. It does not compare to the 20, uh, 2008 version. Uh, Give Martyrs a Run. Again, by Pascal Lafayette. Um, one of the... One of the more disturbing body horror things on my list. I say that because... Um, whew. You sick fuck. It's su- <laughs> super realistic and one of the... One of the films that make you pretty loudly. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I can't do nothing too crazy. I love it. That's my kind of film. That's my type of stuff. Uh, what do you got next on your list? Um, uh, let's see. Next on my list is Silver Bullet. Oh, this okay. was written by Stephen King. Most of my the things on my list are probably by Stephen King. You just like Stephen King. Yeah, I do. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote the book in 1983 and it was called Psycho of the Werewolf. So they kind of made their own, you know, uh, title for it for the movie two years later, which is called Silver Bullet. Um, they have like Gary Busey in it. Yeah, He's my twin. Gary Busey. Yeah, that's my twin. He crazy, but that's my twin. Um, Corey Ham. Uh, Megan Follows, there are just a couple of them. Everett McGill, this is the guy who plays off of People Under the Stairs, if you ever seen that oh, movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this follows a little boy who is paralyzed from the waist down. He's in a wheelchair. Um, he has his drunk uncle, played by Gary Busey, named Uncle Red. And his uncle comes around every now and then to come and check up on him and his sister. Um, because I don't believe their dad is really around. Uh, okay. Um, it's actually narrated by the sister. So she talks about, you know, back in spring of 1976, this is what happened to me and my brother and my uncle. So she's the narrator ah. of the story. And um, one night, you know, um, the little boy named Marty, that's his name, he goes, sneaks out of his house in his wheelchair. And it actually is one of those, like, 
10 speed wheelchairs that his uncle created. So he can, can, you know, it got some uh, hydraulics on it. So he be (laughs) bumping down the streets in this little uh, town in Maine. And he finds this werewolf that is killing someone. So, you know, they had heard, you know, I guess that whole year that there's been killings and they don't know if it's by a wild animal or not. And Marty finds out there's actual life a human sized werewolf killing people in that small town so with the help of his sister and his uncle red the only adult that really believes him they are out to stop this werewolf from the doing these killings and to discover who is really behind the werewolf oh okay, okay. so it's an older movie yeah i found it a couple years ago i would say maybe mm, like seven eight years ago i ran across it i think maybe on sci-fi or something like that and i was like oh i like this you know i like this movie okay it's pretty good it's not bad it's an older movie um but the things on my list tend to be a little older so you do like those classic movies or some older horror movies yeah so if you you know if you can if you're here to kind of sit down and watch some 80s movies then silver bullet was a pretty good movie i like watching i like watching during halloween time yeah okay yeah that's a good one i like it i do remember that movie um you watched it before i have seen it a couple of times okay i've seen it a couple not a lot of people tend to see it, yeah. so I'm not, I, I I do like Stephen King. I do okay. like Stephen King. So uh, I think um, Desolation is one of my favorite books of his, and I, I ended up watching that movie, which was pretty cool. I like that. One. Um, What's next okay. on your list? Next on my list is a Ari Aster film, uh, so relatively recent. I want to say it's 2018's uh, Hereditary. Hereditary. Um, Ari Aster has another film, a few other films that I thoroughly enjoyed. One of them is a short film that's currently on YouTube uh, that's really disturbing. And uh, finding that made me go uh, find out who he was, and I ended up watching this film. And it is he has a really good way of depicting genuine dysfunction in, in families. And okay. genuine dysfunction in just like internally, you know, like when you're actually having some type of internal struggle or or just dysfunction throughout a family when people just don't get along. He has a really good way of setting that and basing that in such a grounded way that we immediately latch ourselves onto characters and and then he destroys them. Say <laughs> <laughs> it ain't so, baby. Uh, yeah, it's, it's great. It's great. It's great. I... This... This film itself, I am a huge fan of because of the um, mis- the cloak of mystery is genuinely shouted, shrouded in. Excuse me. Um, it has to deal with occult. It has to deal with uh, mental illness. It has to deal with uh, PTSD. It has to deal with uh, just understanding nature and being pro- uh, prophetic and being a part of a prophecy. So things are already in motion and you have no free will. Everything you've done has already been planned for. Oh, that's good. I like uh, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, this movie is one that I genuinely don't want to spoil too much about it. Okay. Inside, if you have not seen it, uh, and you like things that movie, horror movies that make you think, um, or uh, that you follow along, and it's a winding, twisting trail of what the fuck. This is one of those uh, keeps you guessing genuinely until the end. Um, I'll say just to give it a small synopsis. Um, it follows Annie, one of the, uh, the mother, mother. She has mental illness, uh, and this is prior to uh, a event that occurs that causes her causes her such a mental breakdown. She loses her mother, Ellen. Uh, even though her and Ellen are estranged, she still you know that's her mother. She loses her. She gets gathers all her debt, all this stuff, and it's just flooded on top of her. Oh, okay. In the midst of all this, there's Stephen, who the father, who is the father, who is genuinely the person that we ground ourselves as um because he is the most normal and he is the one that's fighting for the family all the time and you feel for this man he's genuinely going through it he swallows all the bullets and he just wants to help his family he stick to stuck just stick together stay together and work it out um you have charlie who is the socially awkward one um she is uh very much different than everyone in the family and it's really noticeable and you have Peter, who tries to be a normal teenager, wants to party, wants to drink, wants to 
you know, smoke and all this other stuff, but uh, suffers from PTSD uh, due to the fact that Annie almost burned him and herself alive in a house when they were younger. She is fucking so her family up. They don't trust each other. He doesn't trust her. She doesn't trust him. They fight like a married couple almost. It's uh, it's really bad. And um, throughout all this, you have to follow them in the mess of dominoes that were just knocked over prior to Grandma dying and watching them fall into place and the puzzle pieces fall into place as his family is torn apart shred by shred, limb by limb. And it's poetic. It's beautiful. It's gory. <laughs> is there any entities in this movie or is it just yes. like the family fucking I don't want to spoil okay. too much about it. It does have a demonic side that comes okay. into it. It is a slow bit of a burn. I am notorious for the slow burns. Slow You've burns. Told them already. I'm notorious for the slow, bur- slow burns, but once it kicks into gear, and this is a shorter, shorter movie, once it kicks into gear, that last, like, 30 minutes is just, like, wow. Okay. It's a jaw dropper. I'm so, have to watch that. One, I definitely recommend, uh, Ari Aster, Hereditary. Please check it out. I believe it's on Prime. How? I'm going to speak another one of his, uh, I'm going to, be- I'm just going to speak about another one of his movies if we end up doing another episode like this again. How the hell we been married in your list? I'm like, I ain't haven't seen this shit yet. Uh, I have recommended this scene before. And God you told damn me, it. You told me once I showed you a trailer that you did not want to well, see it. Well, maybe I have to give it a chance. I ain't grown as a it person. It was one of those early movies where I was like, hey, we should watch this scene. Like, you're into demonic stuff? Like, that I'm fine. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm covered in the blood. So, I mean, I guess I can covered watch it. You're right. Shoot. But, you know, I've grown as a person. So, maybe I can watch it. <laughs> All right, so my next on the list is um, Kansy Man. Say it five times and his ass going to appear. Hey, I love it. This came out in 1992. You got Tony Todd that plays the infamous Candy Man. Great actor. Daniel Robitaille. You know, uh, we have Virginia Madison who plays Helen Lyle. Um, you know, and I love um, Candy Man because you always kind of see like White Jason, White Michael Myers, you know. Yeah, it's like that. True. So we get to see a black kind serial of killer, serial like, killer, yeah. right? So it made it a little bit more real because you place him right in the smack dab in the middle of the ghetto in Chicago in Graffiti Green, and you know, you, you, Helen is trying to complete her thesis, and she's wanting to talk about this urban legend she heard about, and this is Candyman. So she goes to the projects and she interviews people and tries to find out what is the myth behind the man and being a little kid watching it yeah you think it's real because you're like this guy's black he in the hood you know you you're believing it if you say it five times you know even growing up you hear like you know uh bloody mary candy man like if you say that they'll appear yeah yeah um candy man has three movies i've seen the first and the second one they kind of play on each other the third one, I never took a look at because it's one of those things where it's just like, is this just for like a quick sci-fi movie? Because you guys are trying to, uh, you know, you're trying to like just play on the Candyman name. Not like a, not on like a Jeepers Keepers or something like that. The, the old sci-fi. That yeah, you just want to keep going and stuff. So I never took a look at that one because I was just like, this is probably going to be some BS. Ah, okay. But... The first one is amazing. It's one of those movies for me growing up I could never watch by myself no matter if it's day or night. Mm-hmm. Tony Todd has a way of just talking on that movie. Yeah, voice. he has your old grandpa's coat on. <laughs> <laughs> he got the hook. You know, he wants you to be his victim. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good, bro. I'm, I, I'm good. The hook is the grandpa's coat. <laughs> the coat is dirty. It got it's the dirty fur, nice. like baby fat fur, like on the on the shoulders and stuff yeah. like that at the bottom. <laughs> um, and you got to watch the second one. If you only seen the first one, I suggest watching watching the second one. It is called Farewell to the Flesh. I love it. It's going to be set in Louisiana. I love that because the bayou gives you a certain kind of feel anyways. But it breaks down the origin of Candyman, a.k.a. Daniel Robitaille. So you get the information of, you know, this is right after slavery ends. He's a painter. He goes, paints this, you know, uh, plantation owner's daughter, this white plantation owner's daughter. They fall in love. The father finds out. And, you know, the townspeople go ahead and cut off his hand. They smother honey all over his sexy body. The bees start, <laughs> the bees start coming. And, you know, 
the last thing he says while he looks in the mirror is Candyman. And <laughs> you get the origin of my guy. So it's important to watch the second one, uh, you know, as well as the first one. And if you haven't seen the remake that was produced by Jordan Peele, and he also wrote wrote on that as well, check out the remake. That was amazing. I was going to ask you about that, yeah. I loved it. We went to the movies to see that and it was great. And I watched it like 10 times on Amazon Prime. So it, it was great. It played paid homage to the original Candyman. Yeah, it did pay homage really, really well. Yeah, they I did. And they did good. some great deface. So I loved it. Um, definitely take a look at Candyman. If you haven't watched it in a while or if you have never taken a, you know, watch, watch Candyman, watch the second one. And then I would say watch the remake. I like that choice. Candyman Candy was a really good movie. Uh, Let me not say it five times. What was interesting is I uh, was never really into Candyman whatsoever up until Go to Hill. Peel's version and then you telling me about it. Wait, hold on. Why was you not into Candyman, brother? It just never was one that was on my radar. Again, I was... Okay, so like... When you, Candyman, your childhood was five months. That's yeah, why you ain't watched yeah, Candyman. Candyman was a thing and I, and I was too busy was it the code? filing taxes yeah i know <laughs> was it the coat that threw you no, off no it it's good if you get beyond the no. you know the grandpa coat. okay no, that was yeah a way other types of movies yeah all right well what's your what's Hell your next razor was my shit back then oh i and you know what and had you know and every, then we got a remake i'm happy about that that is coming up but you know every uh, that's why i love our list because i might give you stuff that people watch but you're gonna give people psychological horror that people may not watch. like your list so far i have not watched those movies. <laughs> so hopefully you give me something that maybe I've watched. I think one so I can feel I, like my next one you have watched. Okay, funny what is enough, it? good segue, babe. Um, <laughs> Juon. Oh yeah, okay. The Grudge. Juon. Um, this is directed by Takashi Shimizu. Uh, this was Takashi in, Six Nine, um, two thousand and four. So a relatively older movie on my list. Um, I would say probably the oldest out of the list. Okay. Um. This one uh, is a just classic, honestly, in my in my eyes, a classic haunted house movie. Absolutely. If that's what you were looking for, The Grudge or Juwan, um, and if it's going to be the American version, just the one and the two. Don't do anything else. Yeah, those are the best ones. Uh, they just depict such a great uh, representation of what a genuine, malevolent spirit curse would look like it was such a genre defining movie at its core and at its time that it caused so many clones and so many staples it came at the right time or a genre in general in general you know what i mean uh the creepy little girl in the white with the hair is always going to be attributed I'll to punch that hole. these types of movies uh ringu and uh juan mm-hmm. and um yeah i'm a huge fan of these like i said it's simple and elegant classic tale of a haunted house uh, starts with um, a non-linear linear storyline, so it doesn't happen in a chronological order. Okay. This is a movie that steps in different areas and shows you bits by bits and different years and different timelines all to tie it into a pretty little bow at the end. Um, if you uh, are t- uh, familiar with those types of movies, or if you are, think of like something like Memento with Tom Cruise. It's kind of like that. Um, anyway, this film starts with uh, a husband who finds out that his wife is in love with another man, uh, and in the midst of that, he goes on a murder, unalive rampage, and decides to do that to his wife, his son, his son's pet cat, and then himself, all uh, leaving the wife to basically die in a much slower manner which leaves her vengeance and her curse in the house. Um, years later a salesman moves in with his family and uh, there's an elderly woman there and we are introduced to Rika, I want to say her name is. Um, Rika is a social worker who is hired to actually help take care of this elderly woman um, and unknowingly she steps into the house. Now, whoever steps into this house, whether you stay there, you step in for half a second or not, um, the grudge, the actual curse will follow you. doesn't matter where you go, it will stay with you and it will follow you up into where you die and then it will place roots where you die. 
So there are multiples of this curse, no matter where that per- that that uh, the person ends up. And in turn, Rika is unfortunately one of those people, and we have to follow her story and her breakdown as it spirals into uh, what she tries to figure out why the curse happens, what is going on, and how to stop it, um, and if she can, in fact. Um, <clears throat> genuinely speaking, one of my favorite movies. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's got an iconic... Just look, Kayako is the ghost name, and uh, she just has such an iconic look. Toshio, the little boy, is meow. The, yeah, like the sounds. Uh, it sounded like anything like the, the, the cat. You have just different types of camera work, and it's, yes, the sound effect <laughs> is iconic. Uh, you can't get past the throat-breaking part. It's just one of my go-to movies, genuinely speaking, during the holidays, or if you even play a prank on somebody, putting that on a desktop gets you some good looks when somebody leaves their computer unlocked. I feel so. like if I tried to dress up like the grudge, I'll get kicked. You probably get kicked. Yeah, I'm not playing those games with you. You'll probably get kicked right in the mouth. But you so know what? When, when, when this came out, <laughs> and then like the ring and stuff like that, it was like being American, you're like, this could really it's be a, a curse. Type of horror. We were yeah. To that. We this were was so new. Into, I mean, we did, we had the only thing we did have at that point in time would more likely be things of. Uh, we we dabbled, dabbled into the Clive Barker tales of like like Hell Hellraiser. We have um oh what's that space movie? Oh, my buddy Oni's gonna kill me for not remembering this. But there's another one, Fire in the Sky, where it's a lot more about the interdimensional stuff. We were in the aliens, and yeah. In the field. But this, this was, was different, way different, yeah. Um and yeah, this that movie. Changed a genre. Yeah, it did. It gave it some staples and one of my absolute favorites. Jew on the Grudge. I love The Grudge. All right. So the next one on my list is Pet Cemetery. So 1989. I Pet Stephen Cemetery. King there, man. I love Stephen King. Hey, friend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he wrote this book back in 1983. He was just pulling them out. Nice. Pulling out his ass. And then a couple years later, he made the, you know, they made the movie. So this has, you know, follows a young doctor named Lewis Creed. He brings his family from Chicago to, again, a small town in Maine. <laughs> and he's introduced to an older neighbor named Judd. Um, Judd is played by Fred Gwynn. He's actually the father from that show, The Monsters. Oh, back no in like way. the whatever the seventies really? or eighties, yeah. I used to watch it with my mom, The Monsters. Yeah, he was the wow. dad on there, so um, he, you know, he had that old timey voice he'd tell you about. That's cool. Yeah, he was telling you about oh, don't you know all the stories about Pet Cemetery and being like a what was that um, Indian burial ground and yeah, you know whatever goes up there, it doesn't come back the same. So you get this creepy ass highway, you know. In the smack dab in the middle of a residential area, and people are dying there. And you know, Lewis Creed and his family experienced that when the son Gage dies. You remember when he's oh, running after yeah. his son, and he's like, "No!" And then you know, oh. you get the flashbacks of the son when he is born and stuff. And that I thought that was just amazing. That scene gets me even more so now. You know, being yeah, the father, that gets me because it's just like he ran. He ran his ass. Off. He ran hard, like he fast, was sprinting to get to his. Boy. It, it made you know as a father, you're like, oh. you know, it, it really, it really spoke to you. Oh, that spoke to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then you know to think that could I dig up my son and bury him in pet cemetery and hope to God, no matter what my neighbor Judd said, he comes back the same because he's a small child. Yeah, it's and, it's a level of like you would hope like a child is innocent. So it right, back it comes back. And that little fucker did not, and yeah. I would have uh, choked the gauge and get him choked out. Stop playing with me. That's great. <laughs> Stop playing with me. But I love the the creepy the creepiest parts to me of Pet Cemetery was in the beginning when Lewis first moved in, moved to the town, and then he works at that college. He experiences his first death, and the the guy like kind of wakes up and no one else can see him the guy that goes to the college and he follows him around the whole story. Tell him, don't take your son. Don't take your pets to pet cemetery. He's kind of like a guardian angel, but a really disfigured one. Cause yeah. he still has his brains out. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. if anybody's watched pet cemetery and you've seen also when the, um, the wife talks about having to 
take care of their, I think it was their aunt. And she was way up in the attic and she was all like skeleton and she had to feed her oatmeal. That lady with the orange hair was scary as hell. <laughs> Pet Cemetery, Candyman, these are movies, again, I will not be watching by myself. I don't care if it's 10 o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock at night. I'm not watching it by myself. The devil is a lie. It's not going to happen. I can go to sleep right after. I can't. You know me. I'd be like, stay in here. Full-blown darkness. No. No problems. I'm not. No, ma'am. No, ham. I'm not doing it. Let you know that who's the psycho in the family. Yeah. And if there's two pet cemeteries, I like the second one. It's not as scary as the first one, but I, I like the first, uh, the second one. Now, can I ask you a question about the remake? Yeah. Did you like that? I did. I wasn't expecting to like it because I really love Pet Cemetery, right. but it was good. Yes. It was good. I think it had a fresh take because wasn't it the different child that was... Yeah, I think it was like a the daughter the or daughter. something like that. Yeah. It, it was nice. I liked it. it. They had a little changes, and I'm okay with little changes. Just don't completely change the whole story. Uh, I liked it. Rob Zombie. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. I love Pet Cemetery. So if you haven't seen Pet Cemetery, again, it's the old one, 1989. I would say suggest watching that one first. Then, you know, go ahead and take a step on the wild side. Watch the second one. Then watch the remake, which I believe the remake is on Hulu if you have Hulu. Okay. That, that's a good suggestion because I can I double that one. That one's actually pretty that good. That one's really good. That's a good movie. Um, all right. I had another one on my list, but I'm going to switch this one around. I like this one a lot. This is absolutely one of my favorites. Me and you have genuinely talked about this. I make the noises and it scares our daughter. Uh, 30 Days of Night. That's my shiznai. 30 Days of Night I is one of the it. greatest vampire movies of all time. And, oh, uh, you know I love me some 30 Days of Night. Yeah, uh, and it's got one of the greatest uh, helicopter overhead scenes ever shot in in. in Cinema. I don't, I don't care if it's a drone or whatever. It's the greatest top down when the when the town is being fully attacked and you can see everybody running right. and attacking and trying to fight back and it's just a overhead shot going across the entire town for a good maybe three minutes. It's a good take on new vampires. It's an absolutely fantastic take on new vampires and it's a a take on something that's that lets you know that you we as humans we are not the top of the food chain. Yeah, and got that's that. a scary fucking thought. They were apex predators. <laughs> They're on your absolutely ass. apex predators. Um, Thirty Days of Night was fantastic. I love how intelligent the um, the vampires were. I mean, using the little girl as a very decoy. manipulative. Yeah, um, the dude, the main guy, had his voice and the way he carries himself. Uh, he has a bit of there's something regal about him and how. The others respect him so much. Yeah, he was like, no God. I was yeah. like, oh, no shut God. your mouth. He's so good, bro. It, it was really good. <laughs> I, so love, good. I, I love it. I love it. Uh, went to see it with my uh, older brother. Um, and we were in the movie theaters. And there is a significant part. Not a significant part, but there's a part with this Inuit man. Uh, he is bitten. Uh, he's already already lost his family. And they, the group that we've been following for a bit now has already been through enough that they're kind of like over it. You know what I mean? We have, you've ever, you've been over something. You're like, it is what it is. Like you, you settle it, right? Uh, well, the Inuit man uh, decides he wants to unalive himself, and Josh Hartnett, I want to say, is who is uh, the main character, yeah. is the only person to oblige him. But everybody else in the group is like, he can't do that. And he's like, he knows what he wants. And walk into a room, and it's like two. Thugs. You love that part. His head falls, and I just roll. <laughs> Can you give them a little kind of summary of just what, how this all leads up to all this stuff happening? Well, I mean, the, this takes place in Alaska, um, a, a small town in Alaska, where in there are literal uh, summers full where the sun does not come out at all. It's only nighttime there. Um, and the vampires who are, who've been under and near this town all this time, um, it's their moment to attack and they choose to attack when most of the people who have left are going to leave the tourists and everything are leaving. There, uh, there's a big snowstorm coming, so everybody's going to be snowed in and there's no sun to come out for a while. For 30 days. So the, all they get the chance to do now is just wreak havoc. Yep. And it's incredibly smart. It's incredibly well done. It's 
gruesome in certain ways with some kills. Uh, and I fucking love it. I love that. You know what? On the human side, we bunker down and we, this our town. We know, we know winters. Look. They it, bunker down. They do what they can. Yeah. Uh, there would have been a lot of, uh, a lot of sacrifices if I were in that situation. Like, you, old, you, old, you ain't not, never lied. Uh, hey, old people, elderly people. With I can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, <laughs> you got dementia. Don't cancel me. I'm being for real. <laughs> ain't no such <laughs> thing. You say you got to, you, you know, it's either me or you, and you've lived most of yours. I would rather you. not have older people who are really frightened, really dramatic, really, you have some kind of condition like dementia. I love you, Mom. <laughs> Ooh, I'd rather not have those type of people in my group because I, you know, you screaming and stuff, and I'm in a basement building. I gotta stay calm. I gotta, yeah, I you gotta. Know, I gotta compartmentalize, and yeah, you and your dementia gotta get out. Yeah, I'm not playing no games, <laughs> okay? But yeah. Anywho, that that's one really of my really absolute good. favorites. Um, 30 Days of Night, if you have not seen it. What is wrong with you? It's a really good movie. Like, yeah, go fucking watch it. All right. And what they have that? a second one, but oh, yeah, they, I think people don't really speak about the second one because it's on sci-fi. Yeah, it's a sci-fi yeah. movie, and we didn't. it's, it's kind of like we like Jeepers Creepers 1 and 2, and we don't talk about 3. Yeah. It's Indiana Jones 1, 2, and 3, we don't talk about 4. You know. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Well, my last one on my list, so this is my fifth and final one, is, again, a Stephen King. (laughs) (laughs) Go figure. Stephen King's It. Ooh. I love it. All-time classic. Okay. Yep, that is the 1990 version. Nice. Yeah, so he made the book back in 1986. Um, And then, you know, a couple years later, four years later, they created the movie and they did a two-parter because it's that long. Really thick book, too. Yeah, I've seen the book. It's pretty thick. And then the movies are like three hours each long. So they had to break it in, break it up. Um, Tim Curry, he plays um, Pennywise. So if you haven't seen Stephen King's It, think about Pennywise the Clown. They made the remake. Um, in 2000, I believe 2017. Yeah. And then they did it again like a year or two later. They made part two. And I liked the remake. I was very nervous. I, I actually genuinely speaking like the remake a lot more than the first. Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> I like the remake. I really do. But I love the first one. I grew up on Stephen King's It, the 1990 version. You got Tim Reed, the one who played the dad from Sister Sister. He likes the grown-up version of... Yeah. Yeah, so it follows seven kids. They're about, like, 13 years old. And they... Again, Stephen King, He's his setting is in Maine. And this is <laughs> Derry, Maine. So seven kids, seven misfits. They call themselves the Losers Club. You got the one black kid. You got the one fat kid. You got the girl, the Jew, the asthmatic kid, you know, the class clown. So you have seven kids who... The Jew. Well, that's what they do. I'm not trying to be like that. <laughs> that's how they made it sound. Yeah, that's, that's not me, I promise. But, um, you know, they there's kids missing in this town and... I love that Pennywise plays on your fear. Yeah, so yeah. most of the time you might see a clown, but sometimes one of the kids might see their dad that died in Vietnam. Uh-huh. Or you might see your abusive father, you know, that works at the school. Yeah. Or playing you, with the fear. Yeah, you're playing with, you know, they know, he knows your eternal fear. So he plays on it. And seven kids, they get together and they try to stop this entity, which is like the light is what I think Stephen King tries to reference in the book. The Shining. Yeah, it's kind of like The Shining. It refers back to The Shining because yeah. it's this light that attracts you yeah. and then he's able to take you down into the sewers and do what he will with Ugh. you. So, seven kids, they think that they have squashed Pennywise. They, you know, almost die trying to kill this entity when they're 13. But then, 27 years later, this motherfucker comes back. And... Tim Reed's character has to gather all his friends up that he hasn't talked to and they try to fight it again. And one thing I like is that because it's kind of like a little bit of a curse with them being together and thinking they fought and killed this entity, they're as grown-ups, they never really got married, they never had kids. There it's just something that just kind of bonds them together for life so certain things they're not able to have after 
they think they broke this curse. Uh-huh. Okay. So 27 years later, he gets them back to Dairy Main and they they got the last showdown. So I love it. I think that people should watch the 1990 version. Yeah. I have it on DVD. You can also watch it, I think, on Hulu, HBO Max as well. And then take a look at the remake. I still, I love the remake and I was so nervous. Don't give me a bullshit ass remake. But it was good. I genuinely, like I said, like the remake more than I like the original. I, I have to say, I like, it was, I have to say it was a little bit scarier. To me, it was, as an adult now, it was a little bit scarier scenes on the remake. I, but the thing, my thing is that I've never been afraid of clowns. Clowns, clowns. don't do anything for me. Yeah, never. me neither. It made me go, oh, I would be scared of that clown. Yeah. Like, the 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 Stephen King It story is really good, and I love it for the lore. Yeah. The remake made me like, oh, I would be fearful of Pennywise. Yeah, they did. You know, as we get older and, you know, film oh, progresses, okay. yeah, they have found better ways of scaring the yeah, hell out of us. You gotta actually go to hell to scare me now. <laughs> yeah. The pits <laughs> and the dirt of hell. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, what is your last one, Honey Bunches of Oats? Honey Bunches of Oats. Okay. Uh, <laughs> my, my last one is uh, Brad Mishka's VHS. I love um, that. This series is a horror anthology. It's a compilation of, I believe, a total of five films. The first film encompassing all of the other four. Um, and none of them actually do tie together. It's all their own separate stories, but the horror anthology and the expression, the creativity, the overall stories of these different types of mini stories inside this movie. Fantastic. Absolutely wonderful. Um, some of the greatest uh, short films. On yeah. Horror short films on him ever, in my, in my personal opinion. There's about four movies in this series. Uh, I would say watch all four. I think the worst one in my personal opinion is Viral. But uh, I don't remember it as much as the others. So yeah. That's why. Um, but we follow in the beginning a group of just gang members like hoodlums um, who are in the beginning just causing a lot of destruction vandalism. There's like some sexual assault and shit in there. There's a bunch of shit for like a few minutes. But then they get a call from the, uh, a source and uh, they get a job to go to a house, and all they have to do is break in and get one uh, VHS. It's a particular VHS, but they have to get this one VHS. Sounds easy. Um, yeah, sounds easy enough. Right. You would think, right? <laughs> um, and uh, they get there, they break in, it's creepy, it's this dilapidated house, there's static in the air, both almost physical, electric feeling, and you can hear it. Um, and with that, they walk into a living room and there is a dead man on, in a, in a, uh, lazy boy that is watching a wall of TVs. I remember Nothing that. Nothing is on the TV. It's all the static, like I was just mentioning, but there is a VHS inside of the VHS player. Now, uh, there might be some other stuff in the house. So one of the guys decides to stay where the VHS is and the others decide to go throughout the house and look around. And, uh... The one guy that did stay with the VHS tape pushes play and begins to watch. And it's known as Tape 56. And then we follow the stories from there. Why we got to touch stuff? This ain't your house. <laughs> touch your shit. Uh, again, another like kind of almost creepy, uh, you know, haunted house almost kind of vibe. Yeah. It's, it's got these bitty stories. There's one about a succubus that's one of my favorites. And it takes place in mostly first person. So yeah. like there's a camera, eyeglasses uh, type of situation. Uh, there's another one where there's a, uh, a satanic ritual that is happening on Halloween and a group of uh, guys who are going to a party that they think is at this house try to interrupt it uh, with dire consequences. Um, there are very interesting, uh, just creative ventures from, from directors you genuinely wouldn't see this type of work from. Um one of the ones that I just mentioned is written by Jerry Bruckheimer, the guy who does Law and Order. Like, yeah, it's he dibble dabbled to watch and see these people stretch their horror bones. Uh, it's got some good gore. It's got some really valid creepiness. It's aesthetic because this VHS is old school '90s, so it has its screen tearing and it fits the vibe. You know me as a as an ex visual effects artist on things like I love that type of stuff. You gotta 
Like, when it comes to those effects in movies, I'm all over it. I pay attention to that stuff, and it's one of those that scratches that visual effects itch for me as well. Um, VHS, Chef's Kiss, mwah, I love it. You introduced me to VHS, and I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> but it was good. I, yeah. I liked I liked all of them. VHS 2 was just one yeah. of the, the one that you remember they had the goat man in that one. The same yeah. Thing. You were like, nope. <laughs> See, I'm covered in the blood. Y'all not going to be getting me. But I, I really liked VHS, and I think it's one of those movies that you either see it or you haven't. Yeah, it's either one of those you either see it and you haven't. And I would actually say, I would even say that you either like it or you don't. You either like it or you don't because yeah. it's not a cohesive story. It's a bunch of these anthologies like random together, or you you do because you see the creativity behind it. So. I think we watched it maybe on uh, it could have been Netflix or Hulu or it was something. On, it was on Netflix, Netflix. It was on Netflix. so you probably could still find it on Netflix, probably, or even like Tubi. If anybody's familiar with Tubi, those movies are all free, so yeah, you don't have yeah, to yeah. sign in or anything. So definitely if you guys want to take a look at that, definitely do so. Definitely give that a look. I think we had a really good list. Yeah, I um, I, I love would like list. to do another one of these. I think there's like so many part more. Part two. Yeah, part two. Uh, we'll see. If you guys chime in, that would be nice to let us know if you would like a part two of this because I know we do have a lot of different movies we do watch and like, and we're all different sides of horror for me and you in particular. Uh, that was fun. I like yeah, yours. I, I like, like yours list. too because there was half of it I did not see and half of them I have. So yeah. I am going to check those out. And if you guys have any, you know, we're probably going to do a part two. If you guys have any suggestions on movies, we yeah. will watch them and then we can review. Bring them in. So you guys can just message us. You can email us at ideally though, T H O, ideally though pod at gmail.com. And just let us know if you have any suggestions on movies that you think maybe we haven't watched. And we can watch them and review them for next time. Maybe a, a month or two down the road, we can do a part two. I would love to. I yeah. think, it, yeah, because I had a lot of fun doing it anyway. But if, especially if we get a few emails in, we definitely got it. Yeah, I mean? absolutely. That would be very, very cool. All right. Well, you know, just a reminder, you guys, we do drop our episodes every Friday morning. You know, you can even catch it probably at midnight. <laughs> We're on most uh, streaming platforms. More, the more popular ones would be like Amazon Music, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on uh, Facebook. Um, ideally, though. Yeah, <laughs> All right, baby girls. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you. Now, why do I always want to say see you? We'll talk to you. You'll talk to us, baby girls, <laughs> next week. Bye. Later.